it's been a while since I used the iPad in this, so we'll try to get everything sorted out for that. But if you've been here the last couple weeks, or if you haven't, it's the season of Lent. It's 40 days that started many days ago, I didn't do the math, and leads us all the way to Easter, all the way to that celebration, that remembering what Jesus did in his life and in his death, and especially in his resurrection. And during those 40 days, we've often set them aside as a church um, across the world, as days to remember that, as days of confession, of days of repentance. And for us here at Mountain View, we've used this as days to discover some more of the spiritual disciplines in an effort to create space for God, realizing God is already in this space and every space we enter. And so it's about creating space where we see God at work. And behind me, there's some of the ones that we've looked at, silence and solitude, fasting, service, hospitality, wholeness, a number of different disciplines that I'm not going to talk about because we already have, but if you need to look back or if you want to look at what those were, I encourage you um, to look at some of what that is. But today we move forward into study and remembering. And first I want to talk quickly about what we're not doing. With these disciplines, we're not just talking about good things to do, although they are good things to do. We're not using Lent and the spiritual disciplines as a time to just give up doing things. And Ruth Ann talked about that earlier. We do give up some things, but that's not all we do. And we're not just doing these spiritual disciplines to take on more stuff either, as if taking on more and doing more could make us better people in God's eyes. But we do take on things as well. And so all of these things we do, but their sole purpose isn't just to do more so that God loves us more. What we're doing in study and remembering is trying to create space for God. Not create space to do things to get us saved. Not create space to do a checklist of items that will make us more spiritual and righteous. But create spaces where God can be more present, or perhaps spaces where we can be more present. And so once again, we will look at study and remembering today as a discipline in an effort to look at it as, what does this do? How do we use study and remembering to create space for God? Originally, when I had thought about, hey, we can do study as a spiritual discipline, I was just going to focus on study. But I realized pretty quick as I read through these passages, and maybe you've seen that too, that study isn't ever just on its own. Pretty quickly I realized that remembering is part of this also. And I think what I found really exciting, for me at least, is remembering wasn't a spiritual discipline I'd heard of. But when I went on the CRCNA, the Christian Reformed Church of North America, their site that talks about faith practices, and I'd encourage you to go check that out because that's where I got a lot of my information for on this. I was happy to see that remembering was included in the faith practices and the spiritual disciplines. So I tagged that on to study because I'm like, hey, I'm not reinventing the wheel. It's already there. And as we look at these passages, we'll see remembering is a huge part of study. And remembering, I would like to say, is the part that really helps us create that space for God that we're looking for. And in these passages, I think those things go hand in hand. Study and remembering. 
It's not a far stretch for you to think of that in your own lives. I know when I was in school, and I still am in school, study was very important. You're reading a lot of things. You're reading lectures. You're listening to lectures. You're listening to the teacher. You study it with your friends. You spend way too many hours in the library, or maybe I should have. Um, but either way, study is an important part of learning. But without the remembering part, the study was useless because I couldn't take those books into an exam. And maybe you haven't had to do that in school. Maybe you had to study for a driver's test. And you study and you study and you study, but you need to remember those things. Because when something happens on the road 10 years later, you can't pull over quick and look at that book and say, oh, here's what I do at this light. You need to remember those things. And as you do that, that is what ingrains it. It's this study and it's this remembering that go hand in hand. And when we're excited about something, we do that automatically. I remember studying psychology back when I was at university, and I was really excited to study it. And so I wanted to remember it, yes, so I could do well on a test, but I wanted to remember it so I could use it later. I also wanted to remember it so I could tell my friends, this is what I'm learning. Did you know this? This is super exciting. And so that study and that remembering go hand in hand, and we see that in the passages we read today as well. So these commandments, talk about them. They're on your hearts. They're requirements, decrees, laws, and commands. There's something there about study. Because you don't just know laws and commands and decrees just by knowing them. You have to study. But then all over the place, all throughout the Old Testament, we read, be careful not to forget. Remember this today. Study and learn them, and then remember them. And we're going to talk a bit today how that goes. You can't have one without the other. And as we think first about study, uh, I again borrowed a lot of material. Pastor Eric and I have talked about that a lot the last couple of weeks from Richard Foster, who writes a great little book called A Celebration of Discipline. We have copies in our office if you want to copy. It's an easy read, and it really helps form and shape a life of discipline. And Foster, in talking about study, outlines two different sides of study. And I think the first one we all know, that side of study that brings to mind academics. That's the books, the lectures, the school side of things, those hours that I was talking about in a library. The study that maybe makes you think of, well, when we're talking about religion and study, it's probably reading the Bible. And so Foster says that's one side of study. But there's another side of study that Foster calls nature. And I'm not going to talk about the creation side of that. That's Pastor Eric's job next week um, as we look at creation. But maybe a better word for the study, the side of study that's nature, is observation, experience. It's more than just reading things in a book. It's more than just listening to a lecture. It's things that you learn from life, from watching other people. And I think a good example of this, I'm not going to do it, but a good example would be gravity. You can read a lot about gravity. You can learn what the speed is, why it happens, uh, who figured it all out, who named it this and that. And that's great. You can read and study a lot about But I could also pick up this rock here, and I could drop it. And you could learn a lot about gravity by watching that happen, too. And so you're never going to know all about gravity by just watching that rock drop. But you're also never going to know all about gravity just by reading about the theories of it. And so again, we see those two sides of study, the reading about it to learn, 
and the watching it happen to learn also. And so we read in Timothy, and we read it earlier, and it's on the screen behind me, where we read, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. And I see those two sides of study at play here. The Holy Scriptures and the learning that make me think of the academic side of study and looking at books. But then I read that from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. And I don't know about you, maybe I was just not as smart as many of you, but from infancy I was not reading Holy Scriptures. And so I wonder what the author of this letter was thinking. How from infancy do you learn Holy Scripture? From observation. I watched how my parents acted and reacted. I listened to them pray. I listened to them talk about God. I was not reading the Bible at two years old. Surprise. But I was listening, and I was watching. And so those two sides of study, that yes, my parents had to read to know things, but they also observed it from their parents, who observed it from their parents, who observed it, and so on. And that hand-in-hand of study and remembering And we need to remember that as we think of the discipline of study. We also have to be careful, because if people are reading from the Bible, great. And if they're watching us, great. But if their observations of Scripture and their observation and their study of Scripture comes from the way we are acting as well, that can be dangerous. And so we have to live in a way, we have to make sure we're watching the right people, learning from the right people, being the right people, as others continue to study too. As I was thinking about that this week, I was reminded Pastor Eric preached a sermon on the Ethiopian eunuch uh, several Sundays ago. Someone who was reading scripture and said, how can I understand this without someone here to show me it? And I thought that was a perfect illustration of this, you can study, but you need those other people to observe as well. Second Timothy goes on to talk about why study is important. And I'm not going to repeat all the words. We read them earlier, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we're not just learning about study as an important thing. We're learning about study as a discipline to create space for God. But we have to see the great things here. We need these things, these things that we read about in Timothy, wisdom, salvation, faith in Jesus, We see the importance and the use of Scripture, and it's probably helpful to not just pick and choose which ones you think it's useful for. I know that in my experience, rebuke has been something that people have chosen without the training. And so it's important to see all of these ways that we can use Scripture as we study it. Scripture teaches us about God. Scripture teaches us about Jesus. Scripture is useful in equipping, it says. And it goes on to say equipping for works of service, good works of service. A number of the other disciplines we've talked about, we learn through this study of Scripture. Scripture is important in pointing us somewhere. Scripture is important in creating space for God, but we need to be careful. And I think a few years ago, I found this verse, and and I'm not reading it in context, something I always say we should do and read in context, but I'm also not taking it out and giving it my own meaning. But here in John 5, 39, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And if you know anything about the Pharisees, they were a religious group who was very good at study. They would see Greg reciting Deuteronomy 6, 
And they'd say, is that all you got? You don't have the whole book of Deuteronomy and the books before that memorized and the books after? Those Pharisees were good at study. They knew their scripture in and out. So you could say they were pretty good at this discipline. But Jesus looks at the Pharisees and says, you study the scriptures diligently. Good job. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And I think in this, Jesus is saying, be careful. This discipline of study, this discipline of knowing scripture, this discipline of learning isn't all there is. Getting to know the facts is important. You can learn a lot of things. You can learn to see Jesus better. You can learn God better as well. As we saw in the children's message, you can learn a lot about your grandchild by reading the report card. It's not a bad thing to do that. You should probably let them know you're reading it. But it's, probably, it's a good thing to know those things about people around you. But when that is the only focus, you can miss the mark. I thought about it and, and was thinking about vacation. Maybe you have thought about going to Mexico. And you can get really excited about it. And you can buy a book that tells you all the things you can do in Mexico. And you can get really excited, so excited that you book a trip there. And you keep reading, and we could do this, and we could do this, and oh, did you know this? And you get on the plane, and you're reading that book, and you're so excited about Mexico, just keeping on learning those things. And you land, and the plane empties, and you're just enthralled in this book of all the things that Mexico holds, and the warm weather, and the beach, and the sun, and, and you don't get off the plane. You don't realize that the real thing isn't what you're reading in this book. The real thing is out there. And the book may have prepared you for it, taught you a lot, gave you an itinerary of what you could do, but the book was not the same thing. And I think that's what Jesus says as we study, or as we look at study and remembering today, reading the Bible is good. Talking about this is good. But if we fail to see where the Bible is pointing, we miss the spiritual discipline of study. It's not just to know the facts. It's to know someone. It's about building relationship. And that's where we start into getting into the creating space for God. As Ruth Ann read from the um, storybook Bible this morning, I realized I probably don't even have to say a lot of this. It's all right there. And then I listened to the story acted out through the songs that we're singing, through seeing a family welcomed. And like, man, we see this story of God playing out all around us. But it's that study of scripture, it's that reading the Bible, it's the knowing those things that helps point out what the story is. I wouldn't know this story that is happening in scripture without the Bible to read it. I need to learn, as N.T. Wright puts it, a famous theologian, scripture is God's grand story that makes sense of our stories. It's the story of the whole world. It's a story that we've walked through a bit this morning, a story that we need to study to see where it's gone and see where it's going. It's that story of creation, of fall, of redemption, of new creation, not just in the future, but new creation that's happening right now. And as we study that, we see our place in it. And studying it is part of it, but also the study of experience the learning from other people, 
to hearing from other people. I don't just know the story that's happening because I read about it. I know it because it's happening around me as well. And we don't just see our place in the story. We begin to learn to see God in that story. Study doesn't just create a place for God now reading alongside me. It brings us closer to God as we see God in what has already happened. And I need to study that story to see where God has been active because that reveals those places to me. It's not just about God being present with me now, although he is. It's the realizing where that has happened and where that will continue to happen. And that, I think, is where the remembering turns this all around. This is where the remembering part of study and remembering becomes so important. And we heard, remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced. It was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Study and remembering is about looking back. It's a beautiful part of what I get to do when I meet with you throughout the week in your homes. And I usually ask a simple question of, what brought you to Mountain View? What brought you to this area? And then I sit back and listen to you explain all of the different things that God has been doing in your life. Funerals are not fun places to be. But there's a beauty in funerals as I sit and listen to family members talk about where God has been present in their loved one's life. It's about remembering. It's about remembering where God has been active and God continues to be active. Because in remembering, we always look forward as well. If God was like that throughout my life, God will probably continue to do those things as well. We find our place in the story. We find where God has always been present in that story. And then we share it with each other. Parents, I think that's especially important for you as I read in Deuteronomy here. Remember today that your children at infancy weren't the ones who saw these things yet. You are. And so whether you have kids or whether you're just older, it's up to all of us to share where we have seen God in our studies and in our experience with each other. Because those who are coming behind us, those who might be older to us and new to the faith, they need us remembering and pointing out where God has been active. So we don't need to wait till we're older. We don't need to wait till a funeral. We should be remembering and sharing these things now as part of a discipline of study and of remembering. And so we get to the, what does this look like? And in some ways, we've said a lot already about what it looks like. We heard Greg recite, what did it look like then? Talk about this when you sit and when you walk and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie these as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of this. That's my little plug. If you want to know more what this meant for the people at that time, study it. Learn about it. Share it with other people. But basically, the long and short of this is the people kept God's word in front of them. They talked about it always. I can't think of many things other than sitting and walking and lying down and getting up. It was constantly on the lips of people sharing this with each other, sharing it with their children. And then everywhere they looked, 
on their hands, on the foreheads, on door frames, on gates. God's word, God's decrees, God's commands, memories and reminders of God's place in the story were all around. Maybe some of you have to do that to remember just basic things. Maybe you're someone who has sticky notes everywhere. Maybe you're someone who has a calendar in almost every room, even in the bathroom to remember grandkids' birthdays is where I've seen that a lot. But we do these things to remember things that are important to us. And studying and remembering means we do that with God as well. And so I don't know how you feel about sticky notes or those cross-stitched hangings of Bible verses or tattoos of Bible verses people have. Whether you like that or you don't, there's something about keeping these things in front of you, not just for 40 days during Lent when we talk about study as a discipline, but what does it look like to continue to have those things constantly in front of you? I think one way that this could look, and and Greg demonstrated that today, is memorizing Scripture. Memorizing Scripture is a great way to do study and to do remembering. And sometimes memorizing Scripture can start as a very mundane task. You read it. You read it again and again and again. I know I've memorized Scripture before, and it started out as a challenge. How much can I memorize? There was not much that was spiritual about that. That was just a a competition with myself of what can I get memorized and but what date. But as I did it more, as I recited it more, as I spent more and more time with that in front of me, it became a very spiritual place. It became something that as I walked down the streets, I was remembering things that I had been trying to memorize and seeing them play out in front of me. And I think that for me, was a beautiful illustration of the discipline of study and remembering, creating space for God. I was seeing God in spaces that I hadn't recognized that before. I was seeing God in people that I hadn't seen that before. I was hearing from people and recognizing God's word in what they were saying. And so memorization for me became a very good spiritual discipline. I'm not going to put Greg on the spot and ask him what it was like for him, but go ahead and ask him later. Talk about that. Encourage each other in what that can look like. Memorization isn't the only thing that we can do. I think, what does this look like? Study. Read and learn. But study, read, and learn to see Jesus, not just to know about him. And then observe, talk, and listen. The other side of study. It's not just about reading. Look for areas that God is active. Look for areas that God has been active. Remember those together. Talk about it with people. Talk about it with your children, with your grandparents, with your friends, and listen to their experiences also. Because in remembering, they can show you who Jesus is as well. And what to expect. We've had these last two slides every week of what does this look like, what could this look like, and then what do you expect? I said shifting focus, and there's two of those things. One of them is a warning, because this is what I have recognized a lot as I try to study. The shifting focus of the devil wanting to shift your focus. That I can go wanting to read and learn more about Jesus, and it becomes just a mundane task of I'm going to read this chapter today, I'm going to read this chapter tomorrow, and I'm going to learn the facts, and I'm not going to see Jesus. And so be careful. 
Jesus warned about that earlier when we read in John, but where is the focus? The focus doesn't need to be about reading this much every day. The focus is seeing Jesus in the little bit that you might read. And the shifting focus is, the other side of that is your focus will shift. Maybe like me, you start memorizing and it's just this over and over and over, but be prepared for God to shift your focus, to show you where God is present in those things. Expect better eyes. The more you study, the more you remember together, expect to be able to see Jesus in more places. Expect to figure out your place. Whenever I heard someone say, Peter, know your place, it wasn't said in a good way. In this, it is a good way. You have a place in the story of God. Studying and remembering help us show our place in that story. And lastly, what to expect, ongoing conversation. This is a beautiful way to start to open up to each other, remembering and reminding each other where God has been active. As you study and read and learn interesting things from those around you, share it with each other. Help others see where God has been present and where God continues to be present. Because in studying and remembering, it's not just about the here and now, although it gets there. It's about where God has always been active and will continue to be active. And so I encourage you, I was going to say this at the end, I'll say it now, as you go out for for coffee after the service, ask people, where have you seen God this week? Make this a habit in your homes around a dinner table of, hey, where's one place you saw God? Or where is somewhere we could look? Make this a habit of reminding each other. As Greg said earlier, instill it on your hearts, talk about it always, remind each other where you have seen God. And I want to close with Isaiah 49 because I think they're beautiful words of the flip side of this. Beautiful words that show us God is doing this discipline too. Isaiah 49 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Somehow, though she may forget, I will never forget you, says God. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. And I don't know about you, but I I look at my hands. I know my hands. And if God says we are engraved on the palm of his hand, God studies us too. And God gives you these words, I will never forget you. So as we think about study and memory, and as our memories fade, God says, I will continue to remember you. And God helps us remind us where we see God in the picture as well. So what does this look like A discipline? Remind each other. Look for those areas. Study scripture. Study experience. Observe where God continues to be active in your lives and the lives of those around you. Amen. Please join me in prayer as we, yeah, as we ask God um, for help in this discipline as well. Lord, we've seen your story played out in this service. We've seen your story played out in our lives. And even where we haven't seen it, we are part of your story. And Lord, as we read, as we observe, as we talk about each other, as we study about you in order to know you, please show us where you are present. Please point out the ways that you have been so active in our lives. Help us to remember where you are working. And please help us to remind each other as well. Lord, where it's tough to see, 
please make it obvious. And please help us to remember that as you have been active and as we remember your place in our story and in our history, you promise to continue to be active in the story that is yet to come. Thank you for this promise and this hope and this assurance. In your name we pray. Amen.